0: This is the seventh day, the last day of this November 2021, Seven Day Sashin. And this morning I'm going to take up a koan from the Muman kan, uh the gateless gate. Uh, it's number 16, the sound of the bell. And we'll start out just reading the case. <clears throat> and it's short and simple. Uman said, actually this is Yun Men, that's his Chinese name. Yun Men said, the world is vast and wide. Why do you put on your robe at the sound of the bell? <clears throat> so let's begin by just taking a little look at this master, <clears throat> Zen master Yun Men. You may remember from yesterday when we were reading from Da Wei that uh, when Dawei was first beginning his Zen career, he felt an uncanny familiarity with uh, Yun Men when he read in the records what Yun Men had said. <clears throat> Yun Men is one of the most uh, Maybe the most koans, at least in the Mumonkan, <clears throat> are are about uh, Yunmen. Usually, usually addressing his uh, his assembly of monks. <clears throat> so, he was born in 1864. He died in 949. <clears throat> I'm reading now from Zen's Chinese Heritage by Andy Ferguson. The subtitle is The Masters and Their Teachings. He was a disciple of both Mu Zhao Dao Ming and Shui Feng Yi Tsun. Although he first attained realization under Mu Zhao, he is generally recognized as a Dharma heir of Shui Feng. came from an ancient city midway between the modern cities of Shanghai and Hangzhou. And as a young man, he first entered monastic life under a Vinaya master named Cheng. After serving as that teacher's attendant for many years, <clears throat> Yunmen exhausted the teachings of the Vinaya and set off to study elsewhere. We've said this before, but just to mention again, the Vinaya is the uh, was the school of Buddhism. It was quite quite large at the time that emphasized the uh, precepts for monastics, for monks and nuns. <clears throat> Went off to study elsewhere. Eventually, he studied with Mu Zhao Daoming. <clears throat> and this is an account of his enlightenment under that Zen master. When Mu Zhao heard Yun Men coming, he closed the door to his room. Yunmen knocked on the door. Mu Zhao said, Who is it? Yun Men said, It's me. Mu Zhao said, What do you want? <clears throat> Yun Men said, I'm not clear about my life. I'd like the master to give me some instruction. Mu Jiao then opened the door and taking a look at Yun Men, closed it again. Yun Men knocked on the door in this manner three days in a row. On the third day when Mu Jiao opened the door, Yun Men stuck his foot in the doorway. Mu Jiao grabbed Yun Men and yelled, speak, speak. When Yun Men began to speak, Mu Jiao gave him a shove and said, too late. Mu Jiao then slammed the door catching and breaking Yun Men's foot. <clears throat> at that moment, Yunmen experienced enlightenment. <clears throat> Mu Zhao directed Yunmen to go see Shui Feng. When Yunmen arrived at a village at the foot of the mountain where Shui Feng was, he encountered a monk, and Yun-men asked him, are you going back up the mountain today? The monk said, yes. Yunmen said, please take a question to ask the abbot, but you mustn't tell him it's from somebody else, someone else. And the monk said, okay. <clears throat> Yun-men said, when you go to the temple, wait until the moment when all the monks have assembled and the abbot has ascended the Dharma seat. Then step forward, grasp your hands and say, There's an iron kang on this old fellow's head. Why not remove it?" The monk did as Yun-men instructed him. When Shui Feng saw the monk act this way, he got down from the seat, grabbed the monk, and said, Speak! Speak! The monk couldn't answer. Shui Feng pushed him away and said, It wasn't your speech. The monk said, It was mine. Shui Feng called to his attendant, bring a rope and a stick. The monk said, it wasn't my question. (laughs) (laughs) It was from a monk in the village. Shui Feng said, everyone, go to the village and welcome the worthy who will have 500 disciples. The next day, Yunmen came up to the monastery. When Shui Feng saw him, he said, how is it that you've reached this place? Yunmen then bowed his head. In this manner did the affinity between Feng and Yunmen come about. <clears throat> I'm going to read a couple of uh, Yunmen's talks in front of the assembly. <clears throat> Get a little flavor for this guy. On the day when Yunmen first entered the hall as abbot, the governor of Guangzhou attended in person and said to the master, Your disciple asks for your valued teaching. Yunmen said, There is nothing special to say. It is better if I don't speak and thereby deceive you all. I'm sorry that I've already played the part of a wily old fox for all of you. If a man of clear vision were to suddenly see me now, I'd be the object of laughter. But if I can't avoid it, then I'll just ask you all from the beginning, what's the big deal? What are you lacking? I don't have anything to say. There's nothing to be seen. You have to break through to this on your own. And don't ask silly questions. In my mind, there's just a dark fog. Tomorrow morning and the day after, there are a lot of affairs going on here. If your disposition is to tarry here, and not to return to your usual lives. To look here and there at the gates and gardens built by the ancients, what point is there in all that? Do you want to understand? That's just due to your own quagmire of delusion accumulated for endless eons. You hear someone expound on something, and it puts a doubt in your mind, so you ask about Buddha, and you ask about the ancestors looking high and low, searching for a solution, getting caught up in things. This scheming mind is wide of the mark. It's always caught up in words and phrases. Isn't what you require the non-intentioned mind? Don't be mistaken about this. There's nothing more to say. Take care. So off to a good start. One more here yun entered the hall to address the monks, saying, Why are you all aimlessly coming here looking for something? I only know how to eat and shit. <laughs> what use is there in explaining anything else? You've taken pilgrimages everywhere, studying Zen and inquiring about the Tao. But I ask you, what have you learned in those places? Let's see it and check it out. In the midst of all this, what's the master of your own house attained? You've trailed behind some old fellows grabbing something they've already chewed on and spit out and then called it your own. Then you say, I understand Zen or I understand Tao. Even if you can recite the whole Buddhist canon, what will you do with it? The ancients didn't know when enough was enough. They saw you scurrying around and when they said Bodhi and Nirvana, they covered you up and staked you down. Then when they saw you didn't understand, they said, no Bodhi and no Nirvana. It should have been made clear from the start that this just goes around and around. Now you just keep looking for commentaries and explanations. You who act like this destroy our school. You've been going on like this endlessly and where has it brought you to today? Back when I was making pilgrimages, there was a group of people who gave me explanations. They were well-intentioned, but one day I saw through what they were saying. They are a bunch of laughingstocks. If I live a few more years, I'll break the legs of those people who destroy our school. Nowadays, there are plenty of things to get mixed up with. Why don't you go do them? What piece of dried shit are you looking for here? <laughs> Yun-men then got down from the seat and drove the monks from the hall with his staff. <clears throat> one more short interchange between Yunmen and a monk. A monk asked, how should one act during every hour of the day such that the ancestors are not betrayed? Yun-men said, give up your effort. The monk said, how should I give up my effort? Yun-men said, give up the words you just uttered. So, coming back, coming back to the case, Yun Men said, The world is vast and wide. Why do you put on your robe at the sound of the bell? Apparently after he said that, it's not part of the koan, but when no one answered, he said, on a short stretch of riverbank, there are a lot of clams. So the world is vast and wide. How do we miss this? world of complete freedom, expansive, pervasive, this world of complete freedom. Actually, we ourselves, you yourself, are this world, vast and wide. Then Master Hawkin said, I am the sun and the moon and the stars and the wide, wide earth. So Yunmin asks, Why do you put on your robe at the sound of the bell? <clears throat> Why questions are always a trap. reminded of what Roshi Kaplow said, the reasons people give for the things they do are never the real reasons. <clears throat> and I always took that to mean people just don't want to tell the truth. But really, how can we know? How can we know why we do anything in the deepest sense? <clears throat> How can it be fully known? If we say I don't know, there are a lot of different kinds of I don't know. There's the normal, conventional I don't know. I haven't got the facts. Nobody told me. There's the I don't know that it's unanswerable. No one can say. There's bodhidharmas I don't know. The I don't know of someone who's completely empty. Or the I don't know of someone who's completely one with whatever it is. And what is the nature of this freedom? Freedom the wide, vast world. To most people, freedom is, is the ability to do whatever you want. <clears throat> and as most people who are sitting here in the Zendo know, that kind of follow-your-bliss freedom doesn't pan out. A lot of us uh, have have had a certain freedom during the pandemic. At least we haven't had to answer the sound of the bell, whether it's the alarm clock or uh, phone at work. Gone through now a year and a half where, for many people, life has been largely unstructured. And many people at first thought, oh, this is great. I'll finally get my bookshelf arranged, uh, free to do everything that <clears throat> the previous life didn't allow me. But most people <clears throat> have been found themselves not so enamored of this strange, unstructured time. <clears throat> Freedom of no responsibilities is not really freedom. There's a saying in Zen, Zen is not doing what you like, but liking what you do. Not even liking, just doing without thought of whether you like it or not. This freedom of, of becoming one with whatever it is that presents itself. In Sashin, we run up against <clears throat> the struggle to find freedom in this regimented, structured setting. That structure is the, is the wonder of Sashin. That's why it works. <clears throat> it's within the structure that we find freedom. Branford Marsalis, Roshi's quoted this a million times, jazz saxophonist, said, there's only freedom in structure. There's no freedom in freedom. <laughs> he actually said, there's no fr- only freedom in structure, my man. <clears throat> but if I say that, I'll embarrass my children. <clears throat> the uh, French existentialist Jean Paul Sartre said there are two ways to go to the gas chamber free and not free. <clears throat> That's saying it in the extreme. Our freedom depends on us and not on circumstances. <clears throat> to move on to the commentary. Muman says this, in practicing Zen, you should avoid being swayed by sounds and forms. Even though you may attain insight by hearing a sound or seeing a form, this is simply the ordinary way of things. Nor is it anything to talk about when the Zen person is able to master sounds and control forms and thus clearly see the reality of everything and be wonderfully free in everything he does. But though this is so, just tell me, does the sound come to the ear, or does the ear go to the sound? Even if you are able to transcend both sound and silence, how do you speak of that fact? If you listen with your ear, it is hard to hear truly. If you hear with your eye, then you are intimate at last so to avoid being swayed by sounds and forms he means to avoid being caught up in me here, sound there the duality of of form form and sound in Zen we say no sound and no form and when you come on this, it's amazing. But Muman says, even though you may attain insight by hearing a sound or seeing a form, this is simply the ordinary way of things. That's hard to see. when, When you hear that sound, completely empty sound, no, no, separation whatsoever just echoing in your in your own being it's amazing <clears throat> how can he say this is simply the ordinary way of things but it is it's our nature it's who we are it's wonderful and it's ordinary <clears throat> in Zen we never make <laughs> we try not to make too big a deal about any experience see this in all the masters one master said wash your mouth out with soap if you utter the word Buddha <clears throat> Why is that? Why why make so little of it? Not only because it is ordinary, because it is just things as they are, but also because the goal of practice is so lofty. <clears throat> if you want to continue along this path, you can't stop. You can't abide anywhere. <clears throat> and an experience Is just that. Then we're on to the next thing, to the next moment. It's always when someone comes into the Doksan room and uh, something has opened up for them. uh, I find myself (laughs) really excited for them, and then remembering, okay, okay, put it down, put it down. This is only the beginning. The more we become used to this world of oneness, uh, the more normal and ordinary it is. Mumon says nor is it anything to talk about when a zen person is able to master sounds and control forms and thus clearly see the reality of everything and be wonderfully free in everything he does <clears throat> i read something once uh uh from Suzuki roshi the the uh, teacher at the san francisco zen center uh, began Practice of Westerners uh, studying Zen there in San Francisco. He talked about when he was a monk. Uh, he had left the temple. I can't remember any of the details, but he'd been gone for a while, and he came back. And uh, during the chanting service, tears just started to run down his face. He said, when he was there practicing every day, it was just he just did it. It wasn't that huge emotional outflow. <clears throat> then it's nothing special. It's wonderful. <clears throat> but coming back, <clears throat> he was affected. Muman asked, does the sound come to the ear? does the ear go to the sound? Actually, I think in in Buddhist teaching, there's the ear, the sense organ. There's the sound. And then there's the hearing. So you've got three things. And you've got six senses, which makes 18 sense realms. But actually... He says, even if you're able to transcend both sound and silence, how do you speak of that fact? That's what Yunmen was railing against. If you listen with your ear. It is hard to hear truly. If you hear with your eye, then you are intimate at last. You hear without hearing. The Newman's verse. With realization, all things are one great family. Without it, everything is different and separate. Without realization, all things are one great family. With realization, everything is different and separate. <clears throat> first two lines we can understand when we wake to our true true nature we realize we're one with the whole universe we come into one great family this world of oneness and before it seems like everything is different and separate like there's some sort of screen between us and everything outside So much of our practice is trying to find our way, grope our way into intimacy with whatever we're working on, Mu or the breath, any koan, to reclaim our birthright. be painful when we see how we wall ourselves off from other people, circumstances, when we run up again and again against our resistance, when you don't want to put on your robe at the sound of the bell. Then he says, without realization, all things are one great family. And with realization, everything is different and separate. <clears throat> Working on this koan, the student has to <clears throat> show what Mumon means. it's not too hard to understand experience of Sashin to come here together to answer the bell to follow along without thinking the schedule such a valuable experience so much that we learn that we can take into our life Learn about ourselves. Learn not to believe the first thing we think. Oh, this is going to be horrible. I hate that. Do I have to? we find what we truly value if we're lucky <clears throat> of course that's not the <clears throat> answer to this koan to say well you put on your robe at the sound of the bell cuz it's good for you <clears throat> you can present that if you wish <clears throat> i want to i want to finish up with a short thing from Zen Master Mian. It says, when you are totally alive and cannot be trapped or caged, only then do you have some independence. Then you can be in the ordinary world all day without it affecting you. world where the phone rings, the baby cries, got to put dinner on the table, move along with things, and you're free. We'll stop here and recite the four vows.